everybody, and welcome to the Games I Guess podcast. This is Games I Guess episode one for Thursday, July 28th, 2022. My name is Casey Tighe, and joining me today, he is the indie solo dev behind Immaculate Drag. He's the senior, excuse me, senior narrative designer at Next Studios. We have Ian McCammon here, my friend. Say hello. hello. <laughs> He's like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> On the spot, right that away. That was a lot. That was a lot. Also with us today, you might know him from his ventures. I was going to bring up the whole uh, Rugrats video that got blocked. It I don't hurts. know. Oh, yeah, really. it hurts. It hurts. But we have uh, Josh Musser, voice actor extraordinaire here. I'm Welcome. that guy. I'm <laughs> that guy. Welcome yeah. to the show. Thank you. This, it's, it's good being here. It's, uh, it's, it's a nice here. place it's, you got. Oh, yeah. You like the <laughs> suede, huh? <laughs> Smell of the studio. <laughs> Just full of sweat already. <laughs> Hell Freaking yeah. hot. So this is the Games I Guess podcast. Uh, what is it? You probably want to know. It's a video game show. There's not enough of those podcasts out there. You know, we needed to th- throw one more into the ring. None uh, of them have the personalities that we do. <laughs> this is true. Support. <laughs> this is true. Uh, but basically, it's called Games, I guess. Not because we're just kind of lukewarm on games, but because we're friends. And sometimes when we're talking, shit kind of goes elsewhere. And we want that to be okay. So leave your, you know, your mean comments about that. Oh, the song's over. <laughs> and the wrong song played. After all that. Anyway, oh, we got some. We're doing a live. We are doing a live, uh, and we'll get to that. I can't hear anything. We're off to a good start. That's fine. <laughs> uh, so, what can you expect, really, with this show? It's basically just us talking about games. Not every game, just, to, you know, the stuff that kind of interests us. Uh, we'll probably meander some other nerdy shit along the way. Um, but it's mostly about video games. That's why I review games. Ian makes games. Josh, what do you do with games, Josh? I play them usually, and I sometimes voice act in them. Exactly. See, so in all get kind angry of... about them. That, <laughs> I do that get alone angry. qualifies you as a gamer, I think. Uh, we're we're going to touch on some current events. Again, not every headline. It's mostly just the stuff that we feel like talking about. Um, we're going to try to go on a deep dive every week with a game, not necessarily that we're currently playing, but just one that we you know kind of single out and talk about. Um, we're going to get to that a little bit later, but most of all, we just want it to be kind of fun, you know, low stress, nothing crazy, just some friends talking about games and that's it. And we're going to touch on this stuff just once in episode one, since, you know, it's brand new. Everybody needs to know what's going on. We're pre-recording this every week. Uh, we're aiming for Friday releases. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. Um, and I think that podcasts are you know, by nature, audio only. So I wanted to keep this kind of true not. to that. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of a podcast <laughs> elitist, and that's funny considering I don't listen to podcasts. Uh, so that's just how elite you are. Yeah, I'm so fucking elite <laughs> right Nothing now. Nothing is good enough. <laughs> uh, but it's audio only. There is going to be a video version that releases on my channel. Uh, it's Wizfish on YouTube. Um, but don't expect anything crazy there. There's no webcams. We're all kind of just... I don't know. I don't really want you to see me. You know, I want to be able to sit in my fucking underwear and do the show. I, I see you, Casey. Right. I see. Well, you see me. That. Ugh. 
I see you for who you are. Oh, you see the real me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But the, the important thing to note is that it is pre-recorded, but it is recorded live. So there's no mixing going on. Well, there is, but it's happening on the fly, sort of live. And I'm trying to juggle all this stuff. So if anything crazy or stupid happens, it's because I haven't done this in 10 years. And uh, yeah, so, you know. We'll give you the character. It's a live experience, even though you're not here live with us. Uh, another thing to know is we want you guys to get involved with the show. Um, so we've set up a, a Twitter account, and that's I Guess Games on Twitter. Uh, also, there's an email address. It's gamesIGuessPodcast at gmail.com. We don't have our own web hosting, so we don't have our own URL. Uh, and that's fine. Gmail's fine. Gmail is fine. Uh, come on, agree with me. Yeah. It sounded it sounded a little desperate. <laughs> Gmail's Gmail. fine. It's fine, right? It's he fine. Gets the job done. <laughs> if you want to help me uh, get some funds together for a real website, there are ways to figure that out, dear audience. A little bit of. I won't beg you though. Penny I won't beg you. But anyway, so that's that's the uh, the kind of you know once and done episode one introductory sort of info dump. Uh, I just said dump in a really sad dump, but uh, yeah. wait, so we're gonna say- meaty. <laughs> I noticed that a lot of podcasts these days don't do segments, and I like segments. And uh, our first segment is uh, what we're playing, and this is part of the show where we talk about what we've been up to in gaming this week. And again, doesn't have to be current. Uh, this week's a little light, probably, mostly because I've been scrambling to get the show together, and I've been making all these dumb graphics for the video show and i'm not a graphic artist so it sucks anyway josh why don't you talk yeah. about what you've been doing in the video game land um so power wash simulator a little bit uh it's been a little bit since i've played that but uh since 1.0 i did go back in and finish the for anyone that's played the, the playground level which was kind of a giant pain in the ass to be perfectly honest and i think you you've been playing it too right on uh game I pass it. i played it yeah my game pass um you want to talk about funds my Game Pass sub has died since Power Wash came out on Game Pass, but I did get to play it for probably around 10 hours or so, like on the first day. All you, you, beautiful for how fleeting it was. Like. You judged me when, when you found out I played that game and I bought it. And so, so now that you've okay. played it for yourself, what Listen, do you think? I think simulator games are fucking dumb, but there is something kind of, I don't know, Power Wash Simulator does have something about it. That's but it made nice my like wrist it made my wrists hurt and shit like my mouse hand and that's oh, like yeah. my I'm right-handed that's my strong hand if you know what I mean and I was cramping up so yeah, I don't know what to tell you <laughs> well I just want to say I'm glad you've you've joined you're, you're getting a little bit of taste so a lot of simulators are really stupid but uh, that one and, and there's maybe a few others I could name uh, um, I think are pretty decent for for similar reasons just a very satisfying game Speaking of simulators, um, Josh, I was on Steam and I saw a game and I immediately thought of you. It was trending. And it's, I forget exactly the name, but it's called like A Rock's Life, A Rock Simulator. <laughs> what? It's nah. a real game. Look it up. It's on my wish list. It's my most wish list or my most recent wish listed game. I don't know. Was it really interesting <laughs> that you wish listed? No, it's it? not. Oh. To me, it's just like every other simulator game. It's just like, what is this? There's a um, lot of them that are very similar nowadays. They're like drug simulator and like. Prison simulator. Similar, similar simulator game. Yeah, simulation simulator. But, uh, but I unironically thought that you might actually want to put that on your wish list. So I wanted to let you know about that. I I can't tell if I should be offended or appreciative, but <laughs> right, we'll, we'll move on. Be both. 
the other one is Labyrinthine, which uh, we all three of us have had a good time. Good time in quotes. Um, <laughs> well, not really in quotes, but also in quotes. Josh, you um, had like, you, I mean, your your run on what level level five? Three, was yeah, it chapter oh, five? Was it all five? dead except for you? No, that was three. Level, wasn't it? Chapter. Oh no, that was three or four. That was four. It was the crypt level. Yeah. Oh god. We all died, and you you brought it home. That was like this was one of the best moments of gaming that we've had in a group. <laughs> that was the best moments of gaming history. Let's be honest. <laughs> it was incredibly impressive. And no one saw it except for you two, so you should feel very lucky. We for those uh, sort of uninitiated on what Labyrinthine is, it's like this uh, co-op horror game where how would you describe it? Where you're basically just plopped in a maze with some light objectives. And there's like monsters hunting you yeah. in one way or another. Yeah, basically. Right. We didn't know this at first, but there's like, you, before you start, you can set like the amount of lives that the, the group has. And we did not know that. So you could pick unlimited lives, but we did, we did not. We had 10 lives. Ian and I are dead. And Josh <laughs> had to clutch it out, being chased by pigmen. With no lives left. Yeah. It was amazing. Honestly, incredibly scary Pikmin, and it's one of those games that Ian, I, I knew you had a gripe with too, where like the scare every time they come up is like just like, just it's the ear rape. fries your ear. Yeah, the ear rape is not classy in my opinion. A classy jump scare doesn't need to have ear rape. But I hear that labyrinthine devs. But you know, <laughs> at the same time, uh, I've had a lot of fun with labyrinthine too, so I don't want to. Well, most of that's been laughing at me. I, I mean, look, you know, that's that's completely legitimate fun. I I haven't heard Casey laugh that hard in that chapter five when uh, the dog the dog scared yeah. me. Yeah. Let's not. Let's for those that don't some, know, there's there's surprises. only five chapters, but they're gonna add more. Yeah. That was check it out. It's 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 cool. If you if you if you're into extremely like micro devy uh, multiplayer poor experiences, it's uh, it's a good one. I think. It's uh, definitely good if you can get somebody who's pretty like jumpy in your little friend group, because mm. that's just Josh is like, mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's a great time. Josh yeah. is the jumpy one. If you haven't figured that out, how much is Labyrinthine? Does anybody know off the top of their head? I don't think that much. Like what, max twenty bucks? I would think probably twenty-ish. I think it's a good time, Goodness. and it's pretty solid as far as uh, like how it's put together. There, we had a little bit of a uh, problem. Oh no, it's ten like, bucks. With like leaving lobbies and trying to get back into the same game, um, but you know it's early access, isn't it? Well, yeah, they just added the checkpoint system, which was the big right. issue we had the first time we played. So, right. uh, but uh, do you want me to keep going, or do you want Ian Avatar? No, that's fine. That's fine. We can go on to uh, to Ian. What what Ian's been up to? He has so right. many that he could pull from here. I do. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> what the one the ones I'm playing right now is I'm 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 double fisting. Uh, Dark Side Detective, which is a, it's a cool little, you know, bite-sized sort of, uh, you know, micro-indie point-and-click. Didn't it start off at, like, on a Newgrounds thing or something like that? Oh, it, it may have. It's definitely, it's definitely got that, because it's, it's all episodic. It's, like, these tiny little, you know, nuggets of, like, little paranormal mystery um, point-and-click games, basically, that all follow uh, this detective and his sidekick. And they're sort of... Uh, you know, sort of written in the style of like old school uh, LucasArts games like Sam and Max or Monkey Island with sort of witticisms and one-liners. Um, but they're good. Very, very nice for relaxing. I'm a big point-and-click adventure game fan, so 
I, I know there was a second one. There was like a sequel coming out too. There is. I have it. I, I'm gonna play it as soon as I'm almost done the first one. So I'm gonna I'm gonna play that. So nice. Um, I've been yeah. So I've been I've been working through that, and I've also I just uh, a couple of days ago I started uh, God of War, four oh, yeah. I guess for the four. first time. So I guess you could call it that. I mean, it is right. Like that's is, uh, yeah. the God of War 2018. I mean, it is a sequel. I wasn't I wasn't actually sure going in if it was like going to be a proper sequel or a reboot. God of War Baby Daddy Edition. Yeah, so uh, that's it. you know that's uh, that's cool. It's uh, it's I'm very 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 early in the game, so it's you know it's too early to say anything really intelligent about it. I'm going in completely, you know, as blind as I possibly can. Mm. Um, so that's cool. Um, and yeah, I mean, uh, the one thing that I've noticed, about it, it's like it's it's like looking in a mirror because I basically look like Kratos except fat. That's. Let's <laughs> say Kratos is like one of the hot dads of the uh, PlayStation lineup there. Well, I need to I need to work on my work on my fucking chest then, man, because uh, so if I core. Yeah, man. If I could, Dude. if I could pack on about, if I could like drop about fifty pounds and then pack on about seventy-five pounds of muscle. I'd look, I'd be spinning image of it. And then you, you, all you gotta do is like roll in a vat of talcum powder. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah. you're ready to go. Draw on yourself with some the, lipstick. The ashes, uh, yeah. And the, do you talk to your cats? around like an you, axe everywhere. That's. Do you talk to your animal. cats like he talks to, talks to his son? I don't, no. Casey talks to his cat the way. Oh yeah? Yeah, my cat, I, my cat's unironically uh, called boy. Boy. <laughs> Which was coincidental. <laughs> But uh, I do, I, I know, I send off some Kratos energy every now and then when I'm yelling at my cat. <laughs> I am, I'm, I, I could never treat, I could never, never treat my cats in that disciplinary in a manner. They completely, uh, you make they me walk all over seem me. Like this, this you act. pay their rent. Oh, I mean, look, the jokes, the jokes on me, my one cat saga, she fucking like, you know, she, she, uh, she, like, uh, like one to two hours before it's time for her to eat every single fucking day she <laughs> just fucking will not leave me alone like uh this is this is you know because she, she knows she knows that i i cave i'll eventually like give in maybe like okay well it's not dinner time but i guess i can like give give a treat and that's terrible that's a uh, horrible positive reinforcement on my part so you it's know it's quite different to how things go in my house it's like I take off my flip-flop and all the cats go like they just disappear and I don't beat them just I, I don't I don't know canceled just, on the first episode canceled <laughs> sorry a little Michael Vick controversy the most irrelevant canceling in the history of canceling <laughs> um, I guess I could talk about uh, what I've been playing I've been kind of all over the place uh, recently I started Death Stranding director's cut which I, I have not had the chance to play yet I played the kind of OG version back in the day, and yeah, you know, I, I still like Death Stranding. Um, though this time, the you know everybody was bitching about the first four hours of that game being kind of a drag. They were kind of a drag this time around. Uh, but as far as the loop, I just I don't know. I love that. I really game. gotta I really gotta push you that game because I I think that maybe that's the issue. I mean, between me being a little bitch uh, when it comes to the <laughs> to the horror aspects of it, and then uh, I don't know if how far I am in the game, but it's not that far. So maybe I just haven't gotten to the point where it's like pulling me on, you know? Yeah, maybe. I don't know how far you are, um, but 
I don't know. I, I'd say give it a go. I know Ian was talking about... <laughs> he said the other day to me, you were like, I, I gotta fucking play that game with this. Well, I, I, yeah, I can't, I can't, I, I, I was saying I can't, uh, it just doesn't feel right to opine on a game that I've uh, not played myself. I've watched it played, I've seen probably, you know, 95% of a full playthrough, but there's, you know, especially with a game that has, you know, uh, interesting simulation mechanics, I think it's crucial. And yeah. it's also like, like, uh, I mean, look, I, I, I rag on Kojima, you know, because I, I don't, uh, I like the Metal Gear games just fine, but but like his writing needs to exist in a very particular space for me, I guess. And and I don't know that Death Stranding quite does it, but but that doesn't make Death Stranding, you know, not you know probably the most mechanically interesting game to come out of AAA in the last fucking ten to fifteen years. I it mean, does, yeah, it is. It is unique. You can at least give it that, even if it's uh, convoluted. <laughs> No. Even even narratively, I think it's unique, but I don't know if that's well. That can, that can go thing. either way, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know so why strange. the man just doesn't make a freaking movie. Well, like, he's get, going. To. I think he's made. I think he? he's currently making a movie. Although I think you need to be careful what you wish for. I didn't I say think, I wished for it. I he's suspect. gonna make the. He's gonna make like Hideo Kojima's version of Roots, just like it's gonna be like ten hours long. Yeah, yeah twelve hour episodic. Oh my god! Fucking mind fuck. There's gonna be tentacles and vampires and some guy <laughs> and every pipes. celebrity you've ever heard of. Is gonna Norman be. Reedus and no, no. And, uh, it's gonna have lookalikes playing lookalikes playing celebrities. <laughs> oh he's, he's gonna CG celebrities onto like other actors' faces. He'll be playing them. He'll, they'll be playing each other. Like all the celebrities, they'll just switch. Featuring the likeness of Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> God, Wayne Johnson and a Kojima production. <laughs> Yo, that, wow. I'd pay extra for that. I'd, I'd I mean, pay Sony seventy dollars for that. I mean, have you have you seen Southland Tales? Uh -uh. No, that's probably as close as currently exists to <laughs> The Rock in a Kojima style thing. I gotta look it up. Oh, you got it. You got to see Southland Tales. That's one of one of my hottest takes. Is thinking that that's a good movie. Oh man. <laughs> It's, no, uh, I, got I love I love that movie, but but the world the world is against me. Made in two thousand six. <sighs> speaking of, I the world never knew being... this existed. Sorry, guys. Oh, I was just gonna say. Speaking of the world being against me, uh, did you hear about this Kotor remake nonsense? I did. Yeah. I'm like low key depressed about this. Well, you can always you can always go back and play the original, right? At least no, I tried, man. I tried. The Steam port of that game is horrible. <laughs> oh no! It requires so much work just to get running, like at 1080p. Like you need to do all this extra work just to get just to get that resolution, and then you have to go find mods that fix the UI that that resolution breaks. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, it's a nightmare, and it runs in a... it runs in like. Borderless. I don't know. It, it doesn't run in full screen. So every time, and it for it doesn't let you use a keypad or excuse me, a gamepad. It forces keyboard and mouse on you. But every time you're, I have dual monitors. Every time my mouse crosses the boundary, off the right side of the screen, it clicks out of the game. Oh, that is infuriating. Yeah, I uninstalled. I had actually yeah. had it installed to record B-roll for it. I couldn't <laughs> even record B-roll. I was so depressed. I'm a little. But, uh, uh, disappointed that I didn't because you guys have a much tighter connection to KOTOR than than I do like it doesn't affect me that much but it's because I never really got a chance to play it 
I've seen you play it back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm a little disappointed I never actually got to play it myself because it seems like the type of game that I would have loved. It's pretty it's good. It's on GOG, which is which is likely to run better than the Steam version because of their, their, I think they have a verification process. Or, I don't know, you. I guess you probably don't have an Xbox because you can you can grab it, the old Xbox. Uh, oh, we, and, we have a, a Series S. You, I don't know. I don't know if the Series S um, does backwards compatibility with X with like original Xbox titles. Um, but yeah, I played sure I played Kotor on my I, I have it and it runs on my 360. So maybe. Man, okay. I don't have I a 360. I it, I don't. <laughs> oh, but that's sad. And I think like some people aren't really realizing kind of the gravity of the situation with this Kotor thing. Like this this studio is putting out bids for other work. Like they are done, hmm. as far as we know, with this. It's a, Aspire's making it, right? Right. Was making it, yeah. Yeah, for like three years, like they were three years deep, at that point. So it, things must be pretty dire. Say how fucked like, up the, the things get if you just throw away three years of work on a game. That's what I mean. And like key people on the project were fired very suddenly, and and they're putting their name out there to take on you know new projects. So I mean that. I don't know. I would say that it's not just delayed, it's pretty much done. Uh, which makes me sad. I was looking for an excuse to kind of jump back into that world. Yeah, well, it that. May, I mean, uh, who knows? It, depending on how invested the, uh, you know, uh, I guess Lucasfilm Disney is in uh, in getting it out there, they may uh, may move it to another studio. You think maybe they had something to do with it? The whole like, because Disney t- likes to get their hooks into things, and then they're like, they have a very specific plan. You know what I mean? And they they've been planning out all these like uh, Star Wars side stories and stuff for lore and all that sort of stuff. Do you think that maybe they're just like, nah? I, mean, I doubt it. I doubt it though, because this is. It's a story that's kind of been established and it's been around for years now. Um, and they had to sign off on the game in the first place. So unless this remake was, you know, going off the rails or something, um, I don't know. It could. I, I mean, these massive RPGs are not, you know, trivial to make. And Aspire was not like a huge company. I mean, they had previously been primarily a publisher, I'm pretty sure. I was going to ask that. I thought, I thought Aspire was a publisher. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I don't know. It may have just, you know, gotten the, gotten the better of them. Uh, you know, especially, you know, as, as production values, just sort of standard production values go up, you know, with each passing year, it can be really hard to make games of that scope, I think, you know? No, I don't know that. And, uh, people were kind of losing their minds. Speaking of remakes about the last of us one remake is it a remake yeah they're calling it a remake but it basically remake is just, not a remaster yeah they're calling it a remake but it's a remaster that's the controversy it's a 70 dollar uh, remaster uh there i mean it, it looks wouldn't a, be a last better. of us release if it wasn't surrounded by controversy right like, i mean i guess that's true but i think you know <laughs> and this isn't even in the show notes it's just something that i kind of thought about man. No, they're, um, like, instead of adding things from The Last of Us 2, you know, like, combat improvements, like the dodge and going prone and, sh- you know, shit like that, uh, the combat, from what I can tell and from what they've said, is remaining pretty unchanged, uh, but it's getting tons of 
visual improvements. Like, and they're yeah, real improvements. A, they look way better. Yeah, that's a remaster. <laughs> right. Um, but like when you start looking at, I don't know, when you start adding mechanics like how how the player maneuvers and what their capabilities are, I would think that that would kind of make the, I don't know, the flow of the game or the level design sort of antiquated or at least it would make you have to look at more parts of the game. Right? Like, am I crazy? Like, yeah, you can go yeah. prone, then that changes, you know, your eight-year-old level design. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Like, a level design should work in concert with all the player verbs, I think. I remember specifically some of the levels for Last of Us 2, where you had to, like, go prone in, like, the grass and stuff like that. To right, there's people. not even a grass mechanic in one, yeah. is there? I don't no. think so. Yeah, I don't think so either. Um, so, I don't know, I think it's a, kind of a big ask to charge $70 for the remake of The Last of Us 1. Especially considering that you can get The Last of Us through PlayStation Plus now that they've changed how that works. Sure, but it won't be the the, the remake. Yeah, but like, uh, is it worth it? Is what I mean, like, who's going to buy that other than people who just have money? Oh, I bet it'll away? sell like crazy. Ugh. Despite the controversy. It always happens. Like, uh... Another thing that they're ripping out of it is the quite popular multiplayer mode, the factions mode that was in the I first hated game. That. Well, you hate everything. <laughs> I shut up. I hate you. But uh, <laughs> I know. I, no, I've tried it though. I've tried. It wasn't horrible, but like I don't know. It was. It was very shallow to me. Really? I mean, yeah. I only played maybe two or three hours of it, but there it had a very loyal fan base. A, a small one, but pretty loyal. But you would think, though, if they're remastering the game, that they would pull that forward. Uh, but I guess they just didn't think that the, I don't know, the player numbers were there to justify the work. I'm not sure. Hmm. Anyway, uh, that's our little news segment. That I hope you enjoyed that. Now we're going to get on to, <laughs> to the meat of the show. Uh, the cover story, we're calling it. This is, uh, this is, oh, wait, I have a song for this. Ooh. The cover story is the part of the show where we focus on a single game and we kind of build a discussion around it. Could be a new game, an old game. This week, the game is Stray from Blue 12 Studio. We all kind of been playing this this week. Ian went nuts and like platinumed the game. Uh, I tried to finish man. it. Yeah, he's the cat man for sure. I tried to finish it, but I couldn't. Um, I am near the end, I think, though. And Josh yeah, is very, very close. Josh is very close to where I was. He's like just one little area before where I was. So we're pretty close to uh, being done. We're not going to spoil anything, I, I assume. <laughs> since, since Well, we can. No. <laughs> yeah, we, well, we could, but yeah. Ian can spoil everything. I could, yeah. He holds yeah, the power like, here. I don't know. Maybe maybe should set some, set some ground rules. I wasn't going to say anything about the ending, but like I have, I have some... I was going to talk about some of the areas that I liked and stuff like that. Oh, I mean, I think that's fair. Um, I think plot points, keep plot points out. Because um, there are a couple little, you know, twisty, you know, oh, realizations, I guess, in the plot. Yeah. Um, and I have no idea what the ending is, so I can't speak to that. I uh, but as far plot, as, like, locations and stuff, absolutely. I think a huge part of the the game to me is just the world of it. And uh, I don't know, it feels, to me, it feels kind of more fleshed out than just a, like a lazy cyberpunky 
Asian themed cyberpunky world with a bunch of colors. I really dig the the world that they that they made in Stray, and I was kind of curious. We've been avoiding all week talking to each other about this game, so I wanted to know <laughs> uh, where we all kind of stand with it. Uh, so I guess Ian, since you're the deepest in, uh, yeah, take, yeah, take it away. I mean, I mean, God, I could uh, you know I could go on uh, <laughs> read for, your dissertation. <laughs> I mean, I mean, look, so, 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 you know, overall, I, I really enjoyed the game. I thought it was uh, a lot of fun. I thought it was really atmospheric. I thought it had decent mechanics and a serviceable story. Um, and like you said, you know, it has this beautiful game world that's really well realized and, and detailed. Um, I think my favorite parts of the games uh, of the game were the, the sort of hub sandbox areas. I have a lot of life and cool opportunities for exploration and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I also thought that the uh, the game overall was was really well scoped. It has a a pretty significant amount of gameplay variety within you know a, a, an independent production scope that was obviously you know frugal. Um, I'm it unfamiliar. Ran I, hate, I don't want yeah. to interrupt, but I kind of have to. Do you know how like? how big the studio that made this was i don't know off the top of my head it's it's very tiny uh i, I, I thought it I, might be i think it's less than 50 people um and uh i believe that the two directors are uh ex ubisoft paris people um yeah i think it is a french studio isn't it i think so yeah, yeah. so uh um you know continuing a a sort of tradition actually i think of of, of ubisoft Dev, sort of, uh, you know, they they sort of make their bones uh, at Ubisoft, and then they, you know, branch out and start doing. Um, then they realize they're working at Ubisoft. Indie <laughs> indie passion projects and stuff. So, uh, uh, you know, the games like The Long Dark, for instance, and there are others as well. Um, but it's tiny. You know, it's a tiny studio, but definitely right. has some talent. You know, uh, uh, you know, like senior talent behind it. So. Um, and yeah, I was, I was going to say, you know, it, it uh, you know, it ran flawlessly, uh, and I played it on day one. I didn't have any any issues. I found it incredibly lightweight. Um, you had it on PC, right? I did. Yeah. Yeah, I think we all so, played on PC. I did not. Oh, you did. You played it on the PlayStation. Yeah, PC, PS5. Nice. Um, so yeah, that's that's my like, you know, high level, you know, sort of what I what I liked about the game. Um, and then, and then I have my my gripes about the game. <laughs> so I don't know if you want me to dive right into those, or if we let's. Uh, if Josh has anything to add for, bit. if Josh has anything to add for the, like the likes side of things, and then I'll I'll say whatever I can say. I think the the biggest thing I liked uh, probably was the immersion. They really like you mentioned the details in the game, and it was they hit everything. Uh, I think for for cats, some of it's a little you know like silly, just be, like like the the bags and the scratching, everything like that, and it has. As far as I know, anyway, there's no effect on the game when you do that stuff. But uh, it's just like achievements. That's about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, I think so. So I, I, I appreciate the attention to to making you feel like a cat uh, without it being like because any other game that you play as a cat is always kind of silly. Whereas this is like, for the most part, it's it's. It's kind of believable. Really realistic. They play it straight. Yeah. yeah, they play it real straight. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, Speaking about I like. like that. The, I I don't know quite how to articulate this, but something that struck me multiple times playing this is just that, like, I don't know, like, you're on the ground, super low POV, and you're, like, 
walking in between people's legs as they're walking mm. by or sitting at a bar or something. And there's Tripping just something them. about the scale <laughs> yeah. of it just really works. And also that first person mode where you kind of like zoom in and the, you know, the depth of field mm -hmm. kicks in there's something really cool and effective about that. I do wish though that you could move around in that kind of zoomed in mode. They I have a mod, I think for that. Do they? I, I, I think so. I'm, I thought I saw Is that the mod that. segue? Mod going nuts, man. <laughs> yeah, the CJ mod is uh, probably the winner of them all. <laughs> for the Deeply for the video body horror. <laughs> for the people watching the video show, I'm for sure gonna throw that up on the screen. Uh, but no, people are making mods for all sorts of stuff. Like you can kind of build your cat and you know personalize the cat. Um, I guess that's to be expected, though. Like, of course, that was going to be a thing. Uh, but anyway, Josh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. And, uh... Sorry. The other, um, that was like my biggest like it. The other thing, though, I thought they did a good job was uh, they did a pretty good job with the puzzles. I mean, it was mostly, the game is mostly an experience. You know, you're running from one point to another, but there are a few puzzles in there. And, and when you get them, they're, they're not overly hard or anything like that, but they're not babyish either. They just feel good to, to play them. Um, that was the other thing I, I it just yeah. kind of stuck out to me. I would say they're they're pretty simple, yeah. but they still give you like I don't know, I don't want to spoil anything because uh, there's one puzzle in the area that you're about to hit. That's uh, you know stupid easy, but it still felt good to be like ah yeah. got that and I got it quick. It makes um, you feel smart. Yeah. Um, I guess since I mean I kind of agree with everything that you guys have said as far as what I like about this game. Um, it's uh, the vibe. There's just something cool. The the soundtrack. The oh, soundtrack yeah, the is, is so awesome. underrated. That uh, that one robot that plays the the music is um in in that early area. I love yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That no, music. That's that's I loved like going out and trying to find all the music sheets, but mm -hmm. the like the OST proper. I think it's like it might be like the unsung hero of the whole game like it's it i've been listening such a to good... it while i work uh this yeah week. it's super chill super vibey Very vibey yeah yeah i don't know and i like how everything in this game is wet or at least it feels <laughs> wet like everything has like a yeah. reflection um <laughs> you're baiting me into saying something stupid so no. <laughs> <laughs> by all means it's a very Say moist, something. moist I like, environment i like how everything's wet no the uh the wet pussy. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, well, there you God, go. Man, we there, there you go. Uh, uh, all right. I'm done now. Oh, wow. Yep. I, I opened the door for you. <laughs> you said it was okay. So, uh, <laughs> Ian, dislikes. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I should, I should, uh, so preface this by saying that, you know, uh, I was really looking forward to this game. Um, and, I start. I was thinking a lot about it ever since I saw the 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 first trailer that I saw. I think was two years ago at the PlayStation uh, showcase. So I had a lot of ideas about you know the things that I thought were really cool in that trailer. And so that sort of that you know it's not necessarily the best thing to bring in you know uh, to something you know and can definitely you know poison the well. But again, I, I liked the game. But, you know, these were some areas, you know, where, where it didn't quite meet my expectations. So I, I'd say my primary criticism boils down to uh, what I see as uh, an unwillingness on the part of the game to sort of commit to its protagonist. Uh, I think the game is at its strongest when it's, like, <laughs> at its uh, uh, cattiest, I guess you'd say. 
Um, sure. But the the devs, I don't know. Sometimes they seem to lack confidence in the ability of the, the cat to carry the story in its own right. And so they start working really quickly to sort of bridge the gap um, between, between B12 sort of, and... Well, yeah, between a sort of novel, decidedly feline protagonist and a, and a typical video game hero. And yeah, you know, you bring up B12, who's the sort of other lead, right? Right. Um, they immediately sort of saddle you with this sidekick. He's basically a cross, like sort of a brooding cross between Navi from Zelda and <laughs> Ghost from Destiny 2. Mm-hmm. And sure. the Ghost comparison in particular, I think, is salient <laughs> because like Ghost... Um, B12 basically serves as your proxy to the game world, almost as if she's the protagonist and you're really just her sort of support animal. Um, so all of a sudden, you're provided with this vehicle for exposition and character interaction, and your feline avatar sort of ends up stuck into a relatively run-of-the-mill, you know, errand-running role within what I, you know honestly think is, is a not particularly revolutionary um, post-apocalyptic plot line. Um, and, and, you know, that would be okay. You know, it doesn't need to be revolutionary, I think, if it leaned into the unique perspective more. But instead, you get this plot that's primarily experienced vicariously through the support character. Um, and it's a plot that I should mention that is someone else's story. It is tertiary to the trajectory right. that's sort of laid out. Um, at the beginning of the game. And so therefore, you know, insofar as you're playing a cat, you're essentially a passive observer to B12's story. The, 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 the cat's kind of like the B plot, right? Well, the, this, barely. Is, this is the thing. The cat like, barely has a story, if you really yeah. think about it. Like, it's just like, I want to go back to my family. Absolutely, like, yeah. And, and, you know, to me, I think that there's... Well, you know, I, I think that there's, a, that there's a, a way to get more mileage out of the cat protagonist, even with that, that uh, you know, simple goal. Because I, I'm not going to go into spoilers here, aside from to say that, uh, you know, I felt that the lack of commitment to the protagonist goes right up um, to the very end of the game. And then it prioritizes wrapping up this tertiary plot line over the priorities that I had set in you know trying to identify with this cat character and i actually think too um that this identity crisis extends into the gameplay and i think it's it's sort of responsible for the striking division between stray's most shining moments and its doldrums um as i said before for me the game like sings in the sandboxy hubs that you roam around you explore you, it, you, you leverage the really impressive verticality and the level design particularly yeah. in the slums um i think where it does less well is in these sort of linear connective segments um they're popular like josh mentioned you know the the you know they're populated by fairly bog standard action adventure challenges like fix the radio antenna survive while waiting for a slow elevator uh, open a gate for a companion, right? right? And so by the time a stealth mechanic shows up, it almost feels like it's like a well, why not moment. <laughs> and, you know, the Ubisoft stealth formula is, is I think, barely concealed between the, uh, you know, the surface of the game. And this is, I'm sorry, I'm going to go off into a bit of a rant here, but like, because honestly, it kills me. It kills me to say um, that the stealth in this game is mediocre. Um, I want you, okay. The picture game where you play as a cat. Right, exactly. By, right? by so, the so way. Pic, picture, if you will, 
and <laughs> a world where an, an alternate universe version of Stray <laughs> that leans into sandbox level design and fully commits to the story of a lost cat trying to get home to his buddies. This hypothetical Stray um, is more concerned with the experiential dimension of cathood. So you're not running around in conversation with every single NPC you see, right? On the contrary, you're skulking around the periphery. You're moving cautiously through an intimidating world populated by strange and always potentially dangerous, you know, people or creatures, right? It's the same world, you know, just a different perspective. Stealth would be a major part of this, but not the sort of rote, uninspired stealth we got, um, where the most sort of feline thing about it is the use of cardboard boxes as vanishes. <laughs> I was about to um, say. Really, that's really I, what I, as far as the, the, the plot goes like I really went into it thinking that the cat would be the main storyline here like even if it's a simple storyline of getting back to your cat family it's it's I thought the robot was just going to be like an assistant like like you said right. Navi or ghost but it it's really revolves around that, that there's yeah there's a bit of a clash too like uh up until the point where you meet B12 it's it, like Ian said it takes itself like very seriously like it's you are a cat, here are your limitations. But suddenly you're speaking to a robot and it convinces <laughs> you to wear a fucking backpack. And, that you hate. <laughs> right. So at that point, I don't know, I experienced a disconnect at that point that never got reconnected. And ever since that point, the story has stopped being about the cat and started being about B12. And not that B12 is a bad character um, or any of that. It's just that, you know, people bought this game to play as a cat. Yeah, and foreclose uh, on the most interesting, you know, selling point. Right. Let me ask you in real quick too. Yeah. Do you think that maybe the problem was that they started off with the idea of this game of like, we love cats. Let's make a game where you're playing realistically as a cat, and then they're like, oh crap, uh, we don't really have enough here. We need to. Cats don't speak English. Uh, damn it. <laughs> we need to expand upon this and add, uh, you know all these other things including b12 and all that sort of stuff well, yeah b12 was a robot cat yeah <laughs> right or you know well first let me let me answer your question you know josh i mean i think i think yes but like i see it more uh, there was there's a crossroads right where they could sort of take you know the safe tried and true route um at, or like really try to do a deep dive into the experiential dimension of their of their premise and I do think that they sort of took um, a more traditional um, and perhaps simpler route. Um, and maybe this was a scope thing. I, I'm sensitive to that, you know, uh, sure. Um, but at the same time, I still, there's something in my, there's this game in my head where it's like almost like, you know, you're like crawling through gaps and under furniture, or you're like quick escape to the rooftops. You're like bounding over people's heads, like some sort of like, you know, cat Corvo Atano, right? <laughs> like you know something like that and then and then you know this is the thing about the story as well you know um because because even if the even if the mechanics i i don't know are hard to come by right you know difficult to to create or whatever there's still you know a a, a world where you can trade in the sort of dialogue heavy traditional storytelling that you've got for a different sort of story. And this story, like, again, in this hypothetical alternate universe stray, it wouldn't be told through some sidekick story dispensing robot, right? Mm -hmm. um, it would be this fantastic opportunity to take a more hands-off approach 
uh, to the storytelling. Focus on the environment and the observed behaviors of, of robots who are like not speaking the language you can understand. And you sort of glean what you can um, you know, from the periphery while you're trying to sort of avoid danger. Um, you, could, you could sort of see this as a sort of fresh spin on the sort of you know, Dark Souls or Half-Life sort of passive you know, storytelling. Um, you know, uh, and, and the encounters would have to be sort of, you know, meticulously designed around, you know, this, this sort of experience. Um, now, as for like, you know, another character, a B12 figure, right? Um, perhaps you could like introduce a meaningful relationship with a single companion character, like, and, and that would sort of benefit the story. But I think this relationship would have to be something far more sort of uniquely realized and nuanced than what we, what we sort of got. I sort of imagine it being this sort of tentative and wordless experience, right? So it would develop very slowly over the course of the game um, and then, you know, evoke emotion, you know, from animation and performance rather than, uh, you know, the dialogue. So, you know, that's my, you know, that basically sums up my, you know, my core criticism of the, of the game. Um, and again, let me just emphasize, I really enjoyed it. As Casey said, I platinumed it, which is not something I necessarily feel compelled to do with most games. Right. Yeah. Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. Um, and in the case of Stray, this actually means playing through it twice. Um, although, you know, the second time is, is admittedly much quicker. <laughs> yeah, you um, take a hit of that catnip and you just go. Right, exactly. Um, <laughs> but but you know, the point is that I enjoy the game enough and, and even enough to forgive some some questionable design choices we were talking about this a little bit the other day with the you know there's this the button befuddling, yeah this befuddling decision to have the player use a different button to progress dialogue than to end dialogue yeah and it's a little awkward um, I still get but, tripped up by that you know you mentioned the um, you know the soundtrack as well and there's there's you know so uh, uh, yeah well and, and there's one part in particular is probably my favorite sequence in the whole in the whole game, and this, the music really sells it. It's when you first sort of show up to the slums and you're sort of sauntering through the alley, and the robots are like <laughs> freaking out yeah. because they've never seen a cat before. Um, moments like that are you know are amazing, and 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 so you know to, to me you know Stray was still uh, you know a net positive uh, you know despite the fact that I, I had this sort of ludo narrative uh, frustration with it so yeah that's my that's my <laughs> my thesis. oh and josh you, you mentioned the little details like the scratching mechanic and like um the ability to nuzzle the companions and stuff i love that shit in games those little those little grace notes and uh you know i was really glad to see this of course the infamous now you know meow button right oh, yeah all the time D although it's gotten it me first. in trouble i've attracted the the, the enemies with that <laughs> yeah that's I think that's mechanically its job, really. Like really? there's, it, it tries to sell you the meow button as like a, oh, draw the enemies over here so you can go this way. Mm -hmm. um, but other than the one time, I've never had to do that again. But I, I have not finished it yet. Um, I really loved in the in the in the very early stages of the game when you meow. I guess the idea is that you're being sort of led by this, you know, you don't know who it is, um, but. But you meow, and the lights in the level will sort of guide you where yeah. you're supposed to go. I thought that was really nice. I, I actually thought that could have worked really nicely throughout the, the game. Although, I guess, you know, what they were doing with it narratively, that wouldn't have made sense necessarily. Right. Um, 
for for me as far as dislikes go, it's uh it's a little bit more nuanced than this, but just for time, uh the parts where you're under no stress at all, I would say are incredible. Like I I just love running around and kinda solving things, finding the thing, you know. All that worked great. Whenever there were were any kind of stakes, whenever there was, you know, a hard objective, um, like run away or survive, uh, it wasn't hard or anything like that or frustrating. It was just the least compelling and interesting part of the game for me so far. Every single, if you want to call it, I, I hesitate to call it combat, but anything even sort of resembling combat to me has been kind of disappointing and I just want to get it over with so I can get to the next part where I get to... You, you mentioned combat and I kind of want to piggyback my dislike on that is that there were mechanics that seemed contrived to me just as like plot like you know bridges for plot you know to move the story along um and try not to uh, say too much about you know spoiling it but you know the uh when you first leave the slums to go uh find someone sure there's like that whole thing is just to, to to move that story forward uh, for that particular mechanic that you use there. And, you know, and then it like it lasts for like maybe <laughs> one extra level and it's yeah. done. So what was the point? Uh, you know, other than that, it, even even when you had it, I felt like you didn't even need to use that mechanic all that much. So that was my dislike. for. Really. Yeah, just overall, the I don't think the the enemy what would you even call it? Species? The, yeah. It's technically the a bacteria. I think yeah, I don't think the, the protagonist, or antagonist, excuse me, uh, is necessarily interesting. Um, maybe there's a story reveal or something that makes it more interesting. I have not hit that yet, if so. Um, I did enjoy that the corporation that they keep talking about, the Neko Corporation or whatever, the Neko is cat in Japanese. I, I liked that little nod. Uh, but yeah, that's Stray. Do we have anything else to say about Stray? No. I mean, try it out. It's it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's it's fairly priced, I think. Um, I'm not reviewing it, but uh, if I were to review it, it would basically be summed in, summed up quite. I don't know, kind of like this conversation. Um, I think it's worth I, playing. It's a fair price. And I'll uh, say too that the five-hour game time. I, I think we've all found that it actually runs longer than that, unless you're. One of those people that are just yeah. like, I just want to get from point A to point B and be done. In which case, why are you playing? But um, yeah. I don't know, it, especially in those kind of sandboxy parts of the game where you get to poke around. I found myself so compelled to just search and look and experience the world. Um, I can't imagine playing that in a way where you're just like, oh, what's the next objective? Let's just go there first. Did you um, find all four energy drinks? Yeah, I did everything in the slums. Um Including the uh, the dunk the basketball, <laughs> which which was basketball. It was really hard to do with a gamepad for me. I actually actually had to use a keyboard and mouse to line up the cat just right with the basketball to to make that shot. Now I gotta go back. Yep, you gotta go back. Son of a bitch. It's okay, the, the you can use chapter select for you know, most of the achievements. 
but yeah, so Stray, uh, we I think we all kind of recommend it. None of us think it's perfect, and we see room for improvement, but it's uh, it's a good time. Um, so yeah, that's the cover story. Our first cover story of the history of this podcast. Fantastic. <laughs> Fantastic. We're out, yeah. I was going to try to, like, turn the music up and be all dramatic to go into the next segment. but uh, It's a lot to deal with, right? It's a lot. It's a lot. I just want to point out, too, we were lacking a lot of cat puns, so I'm disappointed. I don't know. when I think wet pussy was all we needed. (laughs) Yeah. In that case, you're welcome. That probably covers us for the next couple of episodes. (laughs) Yeah, I was about to say, that was was pretty good. Yeah. So, Patch Notes, uh, these are all really great dad jokey uh, segment names, by the way. Uh, Patch Notes is part of the show where we answer your questions and reply to your messages. If you want to participate in this segment, you can submit your own Patch Notes to GamesIGuessPodcast at gmail.com. Uh, we'll also take those on Twitter at IGuessGames on Twitter. And even, uh, in, I don't know, if I happen to see a YouTube comment on the video version of the show, I might pull stuff from there as well. Uh, we have two this week, uh, which is more than I thought we'd get. First one's for Ian. This comes from Overlord Rousedower on YouTube. He says, uh, hi, new to the channel. Thank you. Uh, but I'm really looking forward to this, being the podcast. I'd like to hear about where people with no experience who are interested in making games could start, even if it's just for fun. The only one here qualified to even touch on this really is you, Ian. So. Yeah, okay. So, so yeah. So, I mean, this, this is this is potentially a huge question, but, you know, I'll keep it, uh, I'll keep it brief. <laughs> um, Two you know, hours but- later... The most, the most, the, the, the simplest way to put it is that, you know, uh, uh, you find a game engine. It doesn't really matter which one. Just, you know, make sure it's one that you like and are interested in. And, I mean, shit, even if it's one that you don't like, just pick a different one. There are a bunch of, uh, you know, free ones and, and low-priced ones available. Um, and get in there and start making something. Um, I would advise to start as small as possible, you know, a mechanic or just a basic, you know, function and, and really, you know, learn how to use the, the engine to do what you want to do. Um, and then, you know, slowly sort of expand out, you know, on your own and, and practice and become familiar. And then the other, the other big thing is to find um, other indie devs. You know, uh, when I first decided to, that I wanted to, to take, you know, narrative design seriously, I went on Reddit and uh, IndieDB.com and I, I found uh, indie productions that were looking for, for writers. You know, it, it's it's free work, right? So like, you know, whatever. Um, but it'll give you experience working with a team. Um, the other way to do that is with is with game jams. Um, you know, so connect with people who are who are like minded and uh, and you know work on things together. Um, become comfortable with the fact that your first you know projects will likely not. Uh, see completion Um, unless you're very very lucky or incredibly special superhuman Um, but that's okay you know just uh, you know the most important thing is that you stick with it and that you uh, you know try to get yourself out there uh, as much as possible and build up you know sort of a a body of work Um, you know uh, that's that's important you know for whether you're solo dev um, you know, or if you're ultimately angling for, uh, you know, a job in the industry. Um, so yeah, to put it, you know, just again in a simple phrase, you know, find a game engine that interests you, 
um, and start working on on you know some ideas, even if it's just with you know <laughs> stolen art and you know uh, you know whatever you know just free assets uh, you know just start making making things and uh, you know get involved with the the indie community through Reddit, Twitter, Discord, uh, wherever you can. Just that to point be. out to a lot of those engines probably most of those engines you can use for free and he mentioned like stolen art and everything like that and it's all like you know as long as you're not selling and stuff you can use whatever you want and, and including those engines you know a lot of them are free up until like a certain you know if you end up selling a certain amount or something like that but you know by that yeah. point you know I think, uh, doesn't unreal it. have a, a thing like that like if you hit a certain number then then you got to pay but yeah otherwise, it's a million dollars uh, yeah so, <laughs> so you have really revenue uh yeah, it used to be a hundred thousand, but I'm pretty sure they bumped it up to a million. Um, now, now uh, I use Unreal, but uh, you know Unity is also popular, although it's mired in controversy at the moment. So maybe uh, <laughs> see that. But there's there's Godot, um, Game Maker uh, is a little on the simpler end, but still very powerful. Uh, Hyperlight Drifter was made in Game Maker, I believe. So it's like you know a full really, engine. Really simple stuff too, like RPG Maker stencil. RPG Maker and Stencil, <laughs> Roblox even like. <laughs> yeah. Um, Honestly, yeah. Nintendo has a thing now, don't they? Where where you can make games on the Switch. Oh, maybe or, similar. Or, or, or it's coming that. out. It's coming out soon or something like that. Like it's it's like a thing you can pay for and then it teaches you how to make these little games using Nintendo. Just, bu assets. just buy Super Mario Maker two, and yeah, then you're basically a game dev. It's true. That's yeah. really good for for training on level design. The, the other thing that I would say, actually, you know, now that I'm now that I'm thinking about it is, you know, um, you, you know, if you're interested in this, you probably already play games. Um, I say probably because I, I was in a game design program and there was a guy the first day who was like, <laughs> yeah, you know, I played Tetris once, figured I wanted to see what all these video game things were about. So I signed up for this, you know, postgraduate game design oh my God. program or whatever. He's um, probably working for a blockchain studio right now. <laughs> yes, you know, uh, but assuming that you, you know, you know, you know, that you uh, are, a, are a gamer and you play games, you know, play games and really pay attention, you know, you know, try to play games with a you know, a, a sort of critical eye. If, if you like a game, uh, you know, try to really parse out what you liked about it and, uh, you know, think about how they might have, uh, how they might have done that or how they might improve on it. Um, you know, they say, if you want to be a good writer, you should read a lot. You know, I think if you want to be a good game developer, you should play games a lot. Um, and it's easy, you know, like I think with, with any sort of uh, creative hobby, you know, it's easy to get sucked in, and you and you become so focused on pr producing that you you forget to consume you know, the the media that you love. So don't don't forget mm. to do that either. I think it's also worth pointing out too, with any creative endeavor, uh, the best place to start is to start. You know, like I get asked more frequently than I ever really thought I would be, uh, like advice, like oh I want to review games, blah blah, and I'm just like yeah then just start reviewing, you know, like just, it's easier obviously with reviewing games than it would be for, I want to make video games, but it's the same kind of idea. Like, you, you know, get your feet wet, realize that in order to make something good, you probably have to make a couple things that suck first. 
Mm -hmm. Um, that's incredibly good advice you know never be afraid of a bad idea because if you if you are afraid of bad ideas you'll never have a good idea right like every good idea (laughs) is just buried under like a dozen or more (laughs) bad ideas that came before it um but no that's i think it's a good question and i think you gave a good answer um we'll go on to the next one this one is from ryan and uh he sent this over on twitter he says if you could and if you wanted to whom amongst your fellow hosts would you like to trade jobs with, being a reviewer, a developer, and a voice actor, respectively? Now, I don't know how to approach this question. Is that assuming that we're all successful at our jobs? <laughs> I think or, I, I, I took it, it as, as like what seems like the most interesting out of the other two, I guess, to you. That's how I took it. Oh, okay, well, since you have even an inkling of how to answer this, Josh, why don't you answer it first? I, well, my answer would, I, I wouldn't mind being a reviewer, but I think developer, and that may be like, once I started doing it, I'm like, I regret this, uh, from according <laughs> to a lot of developers. I'm in uh, danger. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, a I beautiful mean, regret though, trust me. <laughs> yeah, and, and I've, because there's so much, I think a lot of it is because that it's like building a house, you know what I mean? Like you start off with like a flat piece of land and then you have this huge thing that you've done over time and and there's a lot of things in game development that interest me um outside of just coding you know I'm, obviously i do voice acting and, and and that part but i've also you know through that have dipped into a little bit of sound design and and also writing um but i don't know i just think being able to to put this full big idea into this one little project is is really cool to me that that's why i would choose a developer yeah you know i would choose developer too uh i don't know if it's because well i guess i don't know because like so much of what i do is kind of tied to voice acting too maybe not voice acting but like voiceover mm-hmm. uh it's part of my like everyday review stuff is to like record um so i i think to step out of my comfort zone and really challenge myself uh, dev is the is the choice, and, but I don't think I'd be like a programmer or a coder or anything like that. Uh, one of my first uh, like dream jobs was actually to like write an MMO world. <laughs> it sounds kind of design, maybe. Well, coming off that lore, it's I mean the lore that no one reads, but when you're writing it yourself, you're so much more attached to it. You know what I mean? Like it's 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 there nice are, to just believe it or not, there are some sh- people that read it too. Yeah, yeah, that's true. You know, beard I mean, grizzly. It, it informs, right? Like every other aspect of the game. If 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 the game is, you know, if the developers right. are, you know, paying paying the dues to the story, then you know, you, uh, writing the world, creating the world, it gives you a, a real opportunity to put your mark on a lot of different parts of the of the game, which is cool. Just something about like, I played a lot of World of Warcraft back in the day. Like early stuff, like vanilla, all the way up to I stopped just after Cataclysm. Um, that's a lot of years, and that's a lot of wow. But I was always kind of secretly jealous of like whoever the guy or those people were that got to sit in a room and just come up with all this shit. Uh, to me, that always sounded awesome. And I don't know, I don't know how you really get there. I guess writing is probably the way to go. But uh, yeah, if I had to choose between what I'm doing now and voice acting and that it's an easy choice how are you i'm interested in hearing your answer Ian. it better not yeah, be a well, reviewer I, mean, <laughs> I took a uh, it took you know 
<laughs> it was very hard and it You're took like, a Jesus. long time to get uh, a, a development, an actual development job. Right. So I don't know that I'm eager, uh, you know, to trade it off. Um, right. But, you know, given given sort of, you know, the, the freedom to, to dabble in whatever I'd like, I put a lot of thought into this. I do think being a voice actor would be fun. Um, but I think, you know, actually, you know, a, a reviewer could be an interesting job as well. But I, you know, I don't know, I don't know that I have, you know, the, the right, you know, mindset, I guess, to, um, you know, do like consumer reviews, um, you know, but I'd love to do like, um, like sort of yeah. analysis, analysis. Literary, literary analysis yeah. of games, for instance, you know, uh, uh, just design analysis and stuff like that. I think that would be really cool. But I think, you know, if I were to do that, it would certainly incorporate, you know, some like qualitative judgments and, and stuff like that. Right. Right. Of the game. But I think that could be really cool to sort of write essays. Uh, if I had then. to pick a pick one of these three jobs for you that well i guess two because you can't stay at dev in this scenario uh you would absolutely fit into the reviewer thing quite well i think just based on my conversations with you about games oh, uh, you, you notice the the right things you you know i don't know it's just i think it would be probably a pretty easy segue um if you could guarantee success like you would succeed at it right uh, but it's like a crapshoot. It's, it's sure. like, ooh, I'm eight years deep, baby. Someone will notice me. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I guess that's just how it goes. I mean, that's, that's yeah, that's just the fucking... Uh, I, I, I always say is it's something that somebody said to me at one point. You know, it's like, you know, you're just somebody who doesn't know when to quit until you fucking make it. Right. So don't fucking stop. <laughs> you know, whatever you do, if you're if you're a creative professional, you know, keep fucking going. That's the. To me, it's law. It's it's sunk cost all the way for me. I'm like, how many years? Eight? I can't stop now. I can't make every single person that. that ever doubted me right. I feel that in my bones. Yeah. Oh yeah. We'll do a whole fucking podcast about that. <laughs> That'll be the cover a therapy story. session with that. Is. We'll just end up crying and embracing. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but yeah, no, good questions. Uh, if you guys would like to uh, to send in some questions, it doesn't need to be you know hyper specific on video games either. You could ask us dumb shit. Uh, you could you know or keep it on brand and ask us gaming stuff. If you want to send something, go ahead send it to gamesigueesspodcast at gmail dot com. Uh, and again, I guess games on Twitter. Uh, but uh, before we. Well, not before we. I guess it's time for uh, surprise mechanics. Wow! I was not expecting that. I had to cover my mouth. It was all—it was all by design, baby. I had to keep a couple secrets. Uh, surprise mechanics, indeed. <laughs> surprise mechanics. Of course, hearkening back you to for that. a second. I was like, "What the? Fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you want to hear it again? Hold on. <laughs> oh, it's oh, such a banger! Oh, I threw that me. together in a whole minute and a half earlier today. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh I'm glad you guys uh, enjoyed that. Surprise mechanics. Uh, this is a part of the show that that changes every week. I know it's a little confusing. 
but we're going to try to switch things up with sort of, I guess you can call them mini games. Mini games probably would have been a better name for this segment, actually. <laughs> uh, so who knows? Maybe next week this will be called mini games. We'll see. I was trying yeah, to harken back to the... Yeah, I just spit my water <laughs> Sorry. Fuck. It's a living har- project, right? I was trying to harken back to that, uh, you know, when EA was in the, the UK somewhere and they were like testifying about loot boxes and they're like, we don't call them loot boxes. We call them surprise <laughs> mechanics. <laughs> <laughs> it was like a meme for a while. Uh, but no, mini games kind of works. Uh, anyway, so this segment's going to kind of change week to week. This music is distracting me. I'm going to go back to the lo-fi. If, uh... <laughs> it's like... Uh, anyway, so this week we're going to do it like an easy one because uh, we have some pretty cool ideas for some of these surprise mechanics segments. Uh but I just wanted to get this first episode done and out and without, you know, I didn't want to fuck it up too bad. So this week we're doing something we're calling Indie Shout. It's basically just us recommending an indie game. It's pretty simple. Honestly, we should probably do this every episode instead of like once a month. Um, so who knows? This could be completely restructured. But uh, so each one of us, we're going to recommend an indie game. Uh, there's no rules. It could be a well-known one, unknown, new, old, whatever. We're just going to plug one. Ian, go ahead and plug your indie game. All right, the indie game that I'm going to plug is one of my very favorite games of all time, and it is called The Void, uh, and it's by a, a, a studio called Ice Pick Lodge, who is probably better known for Pathologic, um, but The Void is probably my favorite game by them. Uh, it is not a game that is for everybody. If you know of Pathologic, you probably know it by its reputation of being like white knuckle ball blisteringly hard the whole fucking way through um uh and uh the void is the same it's it's incredibly it's an incredibly difficult to master game um but it's not like dark souls with like you know challenging combat or, or or things like that it's at its core i would call it a survival game it's certainly a resource management game um, and it demand it, it thrusts you into a surreal world that is I can't think of another game world that is quite like it. It's just like ferociously unique. Um, it presents you with this alien ecosystem, um, basically, and you need to learn how to master it uh, in order to get to the end of the game. Um, if you are looking for something that is one of the more unique, uh, you know, mechanically unique games and uh, narratively and visually unique games, uh, you could do a lot worse than The Void. Um, It is a rough, you know, (laughs) diamond in the rough. It definitely is a flawed masterpiece, but I do think it's a masterpiece, and so I highly recommend it. Now, you bought that for me, and I still have not touched it. I really need to do that. (laughs) Um, and ironically, I threw it in the trash. Josh bought me another Ice Pick Lodge game, that being Pathologic 2. So I think I, that the, one of the most interesting studios working today, for my money. So worth playing at least something by them, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I just you say you say like how dark and oppressive it is, and it just makes me sad and scared. Well, I'm happy to sit with you the whole <laughs> way and and offer offer guidance. Okay, I, like, I shh, it's okay. It's okay, baby. Shh. It's it's okay. one of those games too where like like I was dreaming about it, like <laughs> like infected my brain. Hopefully in a good way, right? 
Oh yeah, do, I haven't been able to it? stop thinking about it since, uh, and and it's definitely you know it influences my ideas. Well, because uh, I've been say... haunt, I've been haunted by things in my dreams before that made me absolutely miserable, and like I worked at Target in the back room as like a stock guy, kind of like with you know with the gun, kind of keep an inventory of everything, and eight right. hours of that a day sucked. And then I would come home tired and I'd fall asleep and then I would dream that I was starting my shift and I would just do my shift in my sleep and then I'd wake up and it was time for work. And well, then hopefully it doesn't feel like uh, yeah. like that. Although, I mean, again, you know, <laughs> excruciating management mechanics. I mean, I could see how you might get there. <laughs> Potentially, but we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. I did think it was funny too in the uh, when we were talking about you know being a game dev and Josh was saying about how you know it's like building a house. I was like, of course, the guy who loves base buildings talk about building a fucking house right now. <laughs> but I didn't say anything. I didn't want to interrupt him. Uh, my my indie shout is an indie that's doing pretty damn well for itself. Honestly, they probably don't need the shout out. Uh, Hard Space Shipbreaker. Um, it's a cool little game about uh union busting i guess and you play as a <laughs> as a person who tears ships apart spaceships yeah so you're in zero g uh kind of pulling things apart meticulously putting parts into the proper receptacle it sounds kind of dumb when you put it like that but i did do a, like a full-on review like a 12 minute review over on the channel uh so i'm gonna plug that as well go ahead and check that out uh but yeah i, I don't say Go ahead. I will say that game, and I played a little bit of it since it's on Game Pass, but I will say that game also gives me very hard uh, simulator game type vibes. And I know you there's just, a little wanna, bit of... You just want to... The gateway put, drug, man. That's yeah, what playing Power Wash Simulator. You want to put me in the simulator box now. Uh, and I can't. I can't. Your life is a simulation. And <laughs> you might be right. It's a <laughs> fucked up simulation, too. And uh, my life is like... You know the the playground level of the power wash simulator. That's that's my actual life. Uh, but anyway, hard space shipbreaker. Uh, it's on Game Pass now. Um, so you know, check it out. It's pretty good. Uh, Josh, what is your indie shout? Mine is strange horticulture, and I'm sure. Uh, well, there's a little bit of story on there, so you might be a little interested in it. But uh, I'm it's very definitely interested in this game. <laughs> I I think I did actually see you had it wish listed, but it's uh it's a it's a pretty relaxed chill game, although it's very um not very, but it's it's got a dark undertone to it a little bit. It gives me even though I don't think there's any like occult well there is a little bit of an occult vibe to it, but I don't think it's any kind any kind of like Cthulhu thing as far as I've been able to tell yet. It looks very but, gothic. Uh, uh, yeah, 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 but it's got that it's got that feel to it, uh, and the aesthetic and everything like that. Um, it is actually really overwhelming, overwhelmingly positive on Steam right now. So people are digging it as well. Uh, other people are digging it as well. But basically, uh, you take over a uh, uh, what do you, what would you call it? A greenhouse, I guess. Um, <laughs> I, would, I would hope so. It's called <laughs> botanist. strange horror. A botanist. That, that's the word. I, botany shop or something like that. Anyway, point is, you uh, you take over this from from a dead relative. The outside and you have all lawn and garden at Lowe's. <laughs> <laughs> and, Sorry, uh, you, and you, uh, uh, yeah, you, you sell these plants to people for various uh, ailments and other needs and things like that. All the characters that come in um, aren't just like one-off characters. They're, they're people that are part of this narrative in the back. 
that kind of goes on as they come in and they tell you about it between you know what's going on in the, in the plants that they need and you gain new plants by exploring a map um not not actually going out like in like first person or something like that it's just a map that you have and you like go there and it gives you a little text as to what happens and there's little puzzles that you have to solve to to get these new plants and and things like that and just uh i don't know it's it's a really nice vibey kind of game um i i highly recommend it sounds really cool i have to look into this i i know nothing about it but now it. now i need to having having been the outside lawn and garden guy at lowe's before <laughs> I there's also a cat it. in there for anyone who came here oh for my strength. god so it's perfect game of the <laughs> year pet it you can pet it in a purse <laughs> all right so that was our first surprise mechanics or mini games or whatever the hell we're gonna call this thing uh we're gonna move on i guess to hot takes this is the part of the show where we're probably gonna piss some people off uh so here's how it's gonna work we're gonna do this every single week this is not one of the rotating segments um what we did today for episode one is we all can kind of came with a, a hot take in mind so we're all prepared to give one but only one of us is that's going to be decided by a random number generator which i have pulled up here uh which by the way random number generators kind of suck when there's only three numbers <laughs> but uh you know whatever so josh is going to be one ian's going to be two i'll be three i'm going to hit this button like five times whatever the number is uh that's who that's who's going to give the hot take and then we're going to either argue or agree or whatever i have no idea what to expect honestly um and after that, we're just going to go in order. So if Ian's number two and I roll a two right now, then uh, then I'll go next week because I'm number three. And then Josh and then Ian and Josh. And you get the idea. All right. So let's see what we got. It's a two. It's Ian. Ian's, oh this is Ian's show. Like, he's Fuck. just... Okay. Like, That's the he one thing have... I didn't come with. No, hold on. I have one. I have you want one. me to re-roll? I can re-roll. No, no, no. It's okay. No, that's cheap. Okay. You get one. Um, okay. <laughs> I was going to make up some dumb rule. Okay. Okay. So my my hot take. Uh, let's see. Okay. <laughs> wait for this. Here's my here's my hot take. So so uh, everybody uh, everybody here knows that I'm a I'm a huge fan of the uh, uh, from software games. I love Dark Souls uh, in particular. And uh, you know everybody knows that that uh, the FromSoft games are are praised for their uh, unique approach to narrative. Um, and uh, I have, I think, a pretty hot take uh, on uh, uh, FromSoft narratives. Oh, um, okay. And my, my hot take on FromSoft narratives is that uh, Dark Souls 2 has the best FromSoft narrative. And I include Bloodborne in that. I think Dark Souls 2 is more interesting than Bloodborne. <laughs> um, and the reason, the reason for that is that while Bloodborne focuses on, you know, traditional cosmic horror and some gothic themes of mankind's insignificance and, you know, the, that, that the, the true evils and the true beasts of the universe uh, reside in the hearts of, of man. Um, I think Dark Souls 2 uh, goes a step further. Uh, the Souls games, I think, have this cosmic, you know, horror element to them where they uh, address themes of insignificance uh, in the face of the universe uh, and its sort of inevitable entropic decay. Um, but uh, Dark Souls 2 in particular uh, takes that 
notion of the sort of inevitable failure and uh, you know collapse of existence and the futility of being a human being. And it explores why we keep going anyway. Um, you know, what is, you know, in us, in the structure of our consciousness uh, that compels us into repetition. Um, you know, and, and of course, you know, that's something, you know, the, it, 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 it's a very insightful approach to sort of the core themes of the soul's world um, and of FromSoft's uh, sort of thematic uh, palette in general. Um, so yeah, so I actually give uh, uh, Dark Souls 2 in its uh, uh, sort of deep and thoughtful and introspective uh, reflections on the nature of repetition compulsion in human consciousness. I think that that is a thematically uh, uh, and philosophically more interesting and more dense narrative than Bloodborne. That's my hot take. So Dark Souls 2, best story of all the FromSoft games? I feel like I, I should have been so, taking... Yeah. Taking notes for a gen ed right there. It's like a like a say, lecture from a professor. You picked you picked a hell of a hot take because I've never finished Dark Souls two and Josh has certainly never played it. Well, so, I was gonna, so, so I was gonna, gonna say I I, I won't. Uh, you know I'm gonna agree with you because uh, I, I won't ruin my own hot take, but. Uh, you know, uh, I'm not gonna say no to your your thing for that. Mine won't be nearly as eloquent as yours, but uh I thought Ian was gonna say that uh Elden Ring is eh, it's just okay. <laughs> Maybe that's next month. Ah oh, man, I, I don't I don't know that I have the ammunition to back <laughs> that one. <laughs> Who needs ammunition? Hey, listen, listen. Who needs ammunition? You wait until I get my turn, and then you'll find out what winging it is. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> oh, God. So that was the hot take. All you uh, FromSoft nuts out there who uh, hate yeah, Dark Souls 2. Fight, fight me fight in the in. comments. Oh, I, mean, I can't wait for hate comments. <laughs> hate comments on Challenge Twitter. Challenge accepted. Yeah. Oh, my God. And spread the word. Spread the word. Josh, you can't in, pick. In the by the way, you can't pick for your for your thing. It can't be like I hate Dark Souls because plenty of people hate Dark Souls. I, well, no, it's not, it's more than that. And you're gonna ruin my hot take because I don't want to go into it right now. <laughs> okay, fine. Uh, fine. Well, I'll I'll ruin it. I guess in two weeks. Next week it's me. And we get to talk about Animal Crossing. Ah, uh, anyway. So that, that, that is so far, that is the structure of the show. It's been an hour and 20 something minutes. Um, we covered a little bit of the news, a little bit of what we're playing. We talked about Stray. Next week, it'll be something different. Took your uh, your comments and your messages, replied to those. We had, <laughs> we had uh, hold on. We had this. <laughs> Which, you know, unparalleled right there. Uh, and I guess it's, uh, I mean, we could just bullshit for a minute if you want. It's up to you. Do you have anything else that you want to say now that we've started a podcast together? Do you want to hug it out? Like, what do you want to talk about here? Yeah, congratulations all around. <laughs> Let's Thanks. not start sucking each other's cocks just yet, though. Bring yeah. up cigars. We're going to have two listeners. Going here. Hey, to, to rope people in, skill up. I'm putting you on blast. You agreed to be on this show at some point, and now the public knows. So, uh, can't wait for that. Okay, <laughs> I don't know if that's public knowledge. 
I mean, uh, don't. I mean, I didn't say anything. What? I'm, gonna have, I'm, gonna, that out. I'm gonna have to bleep you. <laughs> Damn it, Josh! I'm enough. You're right. You're right. Every every fucking first episode of a show we do together, I get mad at you for something. <laughs> you could never be a game dev. You would break NDAs. Uh, I have to deal with NDAs all the goddamn time. Thank you very much. Oh, well, hopefully you don't have to talk about what you do too often. <laughs> Jesus, I'm, I'm gonna get but the best part is that when you bleep that out, like, someone's gonna know what he actually like, said. The fuck did he say? <laughs> Drop what? I'm Drop gonna get a what? DM from Skill Up. Like, what the fuck did you say about me? <laughs> oh, good times. Good times. Jesus Christ. Uh, I will say, though, so, uh, starting a podcast, this, excuse me, this always, uh, it always kind of morphs and change, changes into something new and something cool. Like the first episode, you never quite know how things are going to shape up like a month or two months later. So I think we have a good oh. framework. We all get along fine. So I, I think we're having a good time. But uh, other than that, that's about it, I guess. Uh, I, I can play us out if you guys have nothing else to say. Josh, do you want to say anything about wet pussies? I mean... I like the music that's going really. to. Hold on. <laughs> wet pussy PSA. <laughs> By Josh Musser. He's gonna know how to pet him. Oh, oh God! Is this That's like it. the new secret uh, segment that we just invented? The PSA. The wet <laughs> pussy PSA. Shit. <laughs> the wet pussy PSA. That's how we get real. Uh, uh, that's well, how we get notoriety. That's actually right what there. I. That's actually what I called uh, skill up. Only works for Stray. <laughs> Only works for Stray, right? Josh needs to come up with another lewd pun oh, for God. next. Is that my thing? Every episode, I gotta come up with a lewd pun. It is now. Maybe not lewd, right. but... I'm sure I can do it. Challenge accepted. Okay, we'll, so we'll see. Next week, we'll see what we got. Someone who, who <laughs> someone listening, some super fan, you, it's your job now to, in a spreadsheet, write down every PSA from every episode from now until the end of time. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's 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 that. Uh, so I'm going to talk us out of the show right now. You can find everything you need to know about the show, this show, at I Guess Games on Twitter. The video version of the show is over on the Wizfish Reviews YouTube channel, of course. Uh, go ahead and sub to me because I, I need all the money, and uh, that's great. That's at YouTube.com/Wizfish. Don't forget, you can send us any questions, comments, concerns, ideas, anything at all. Send that all to GamesIGuessPodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget, you can find Josh over on Twitter at Joshinya. Ian's over there too, at Discrete Infinity. And of course, you can find me and everything I'm up to at Wizfish on YouTube and at the underscore Wizfish on Twitter. For me, for Josh, for Ian, we'll see you next week. <laughs>